Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave, as the announcer guy just pointed out. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a like, a review. Leave us a bad review if you're in a bad mood. I don't care. It happens. It happens to everyone. And speaking of bad moods, 2020 has been a challenging time. Does everybody know that? Has that been properly covered in the popular media and popular culture? I believe so. What can you do? What can you do? I've got some people here who might be able to tell you exactly what to do. Why? Because they are the co-founders of AskWhatMatters.com, a company that will help other companies with their employee well-being. They coach. They cheer you up. They do everything virtual. And the conduit between the two guys I'm going to introduce you from who are the co-founders of Ask What Matters is my buddy Allison Dowen, who is the developmental director of the American Heart Association. She's been on the show before. She's an old veteran. So welcome all my friends, I guess, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, that's enough. So Allison, how's your pandemic going since we last spoke? Start with you. Well, good morning. Happy Friday. I will say Fridays are always the best days in the pandemic, I suppose. Um, No, they're not. They are just like every other day. Come on. You can be honest. (laughs) Uh, Things are good. I always say, um, you know, I'm in a one bedroom apartment. I have no little kids that I also have to consider during this crazy time. Just a couple of cats. So I'm hanging in there. I'm doing good. good. I live in a one bedroom apartment, too. Well, I have a loft, so I guess it's almost two bedrooms. But but there are days when, uh, let's just say the cleaning service is on vacation because who cares? Nothing matters. And if I'm going to keep a pile of clothes in the middle of my living room, I'm just going to do that. Nobody can stop me. Allison, tell me before we get on to meeting Paul and David, tell me a um, quick recap on the road race that we covered. So Allison and I have long together worked and when i say work i kind of show up and do a couple things it's really allison's baby but the lawyers have heart road race that crazy 5k race where each summer lawyers run around the city earning uh, earning money raising money for the american heart association and this year people kind of ran on their own and stuff but how did it go how did it end mm-hmm. up It went really well. I was really proud with what we were able to pull together. You know, we all went into lockdown in mid-March and the race was due a couple weeks into June. So we pivoted to be completely virtual. As you said, you still emceed for us. Did a fantastic job. We had a couple opening and closing ceremony, virtual videos there on our Facebook, but it was good. You know, we got 
about 50% of our normal participation to come back, run, move, walk, cycle, wherever they were. Mm -hmm. Lots of pictures on our Facebook. And we ended up raising just over $360,000. Wow. It was a huge success. Very proud. And, you know, just back at it already, trying to figure out what 2021 is going to uh, look like. And you go to lhhboston.com org? Org. 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 Sorry. (laughs) I hate when I mix my org with my com, with my TV, with my US. lhhboston.com. It's uh, not too early to check it out. Check out all the information. Hopefully we'll be running next year, right? We haven't, right? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. crossed. I am. I like to be optimistic. You know me. I'm not going to call it before it's time and just continuing to march forward with what we can do. Yeah. I've heard some things being canceled like already for this coming summer. And please, people, I implore you, don't do that yet. Come on. I mean, at least give it a little time. At least keep hope in the air. And there's hope there in the go. air for the for the lawyers have heart uh, road race. I bet it's going to happen. I bet it will. So I have been uh, just the, my two other guests have been sitting here waiting very patiently. Paul Sherman and David Garten are the co-founders of Ask What Matters and AskWhatMatters.com is where you go. And interesting story because you guys used to be married, according to your website. Is this a true fact? It is a true fact. You're both... <laughs> Very amicably and lovingly ended our marriage, but we're still great friends and business partners. So what we wow. say is if using our work got us through ending our marriage. What's the term for, um, what's the fancy? It's, I think it's conscious decoupling. Is that oh. what it is? <laughs> Isn't that what yes. Gwyneth Paltrow called it? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Gwyneth. <laughs> but, so, so here's the metaphor that I like to use. Go ahead, Paul. We're like Sonny and Cher. We still collaborate. <laughs> Love each other. Just don't want to be married anymore. <laughs> uh, and, uh, may I just jump in and say they are darling to work with. I would have never imagined them being exes. So it, it really is true what they say. As a, <laughs> as a As a fellow divorced guy, I have to ask you both. What's that like? No, don't answer that. I just, <laughs> it is, it is rare. And actually I joke because I get along with my ex very well. We're not quite business partners. That would be, that would be, that would end in a divorce of a different sort, I guess. Anyway. David is, um, yeah. since, since divorcing and still being business partners out of the woodwork, we found over a dozen former couples that collaborate and wow. together. Yeah. It's actually, David, it's, it's actually a really good segue because our, our yep. business is called Ask What Matters. Right. What matters to us is that people live their best lives. That mission binds David and I together. That's bigger than any interpersonal stuff that he and I may have had. Yep. And that's why, that's why we're at this we, because of the mission. That's great. It's a shame more divorced couples can't share a passion for what you share a passion for. But there's also seems to be a spirit running through this of there are points in your life when you're going to have to ask what matters. And sometimes you might have to make difficult decisions to get there. But tell me, um, David, I'll go back to you. Tell me a little more about the inspiration behind this business and how you got to where you are now and doing what you're doing now. Well, we used to be in the, well, we still are in the um, human capital development world. So we do a lot of coaching and we primarily focused on coaching teams, work teams. So helping good teams become great teams and struggling teams to thrive. And when we were doing our work with the teams, individuals would come up to us in the middle of a breakout and they'd say, 
you know, this is all well and good for work and our team, but I'm struggling, you know, my marriage is in trouble or I have a kid with an addiction issue or I'm facing a financial crisis. They come up to us and just unload. And what we did was we started to look around in 2013 and we saw people completely stressed out. So we decided to shift our work into the well-being field and we help organizations provide tools and resources to help their employees to thrive. So focusing on things like burnout and stress and overwhelm and things like that. But it's not a stress management class. It's it's about a whole person approach to improving your well-being. So that's sort of a it in a nutshell. You have some facts from the World Health Organization on your website. Stress is the number one health epidemic of the 21st century. 70% of all Americans regularly exhibit physical or emotional symptoms related to stress. 66 of employees have difficulty focusing on work because of stress. And 60% of employees say their work-related stress have increased over the past five years. Ah! <laughs> That's basically what America is saying, right? And 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 those are may not be updated for 2020. I can only imagine what they're like now. Right, those are the pre-COVID numbers. Right. So one of the stats that we use is when we do our workshops across the board, regardless of industry or business sector, 67% of the people pre-COVID said that they were exhausted. Exhausted is the first sign of burnout, followed mm-hmm. by detachment from work and then poor job performance. Now, since COVID, 87% plus people say that they're anxious or worried. And the exhaustion is still at 67%. So it shows you the times that we're living in, as Ali was saying, you know, with kids in the house and working from home and all those things. So, And um, I'll go to you, Paul. How have you coped with the year in terms of doing what you do? Before we started recording, you told me you were doing a lot of this like here at Pod 617, by the way, doing a lot of this virtually before pre-COVID anyway, but how has it been? It's We've been very fortunate um, in terms of our business because our capability is to deliver our work. Uh, we're workshop-based, and so we deliver workshops with people ranging from 10 people on a workshop upwards to 250. And we were doing those things virtually prior to COVID, and we had mastered that because the market had wanted our services to be done virtually even before COVID. Mm. So we, the business has been thriving. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, th- this is the the world we're living in, and it's why you heard at the top of the show, we do a live game show here out of our podcast studios. And for the foreseeable future, people, company, organizations, they're going to need to figure out clever ways to stay engaged. And it's great that you guys are doing that. Allison, tell me how you met these dudes and how they've made you maybe a little less stressed in your organization, I hope. Uh, well, they definitely have become dear friends of mine. I look forward to every time we get to get together and brainstorm and work. But my executive director, Jay Blackwell, at the Boston office for the Heart Association, knows David and Paul. And as David mentioned, they were t- just talking about what they do. And luckily, my executive director, thought that, you know, we would really have some synergy and try and figure out, okay, how can we tackle maybe the legal world together? I I often joke that, you know, six years ago when I started talking and working with the law firms, I would come in and want to talk about 
the stress levels, the pressures, and, and really that work-life balance within the law firm. And I always say, like, I felt like they were patting me on my head and being like, that's cute, Allison, but we don't need to talk about that. Like, this is how it is. Right. And so it's just been so nice to have a teammate who has such a, an aligned mission and has so much wisdom and their own research behind what they do. It's just made for a really great collaboration. And we always say like, this is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. We hope that, you know, we can really be a part of that change, I think, in the legal industry to to really enhance every individual's well-being. And that starts whether it's in the office and office culture. Truly, it starts with leadership. You know, these guys taught me from the very beginning, like if the leadership doesn't believe in this mission, it's going to be a very hard atmosphere to make true productive train change. And so it's just been really nice to learn and to really think big, right? That's what we do at the Heart Association. And it's nice to have people who are on that same wavelength and willing to kind of shoot for the stars with you. Mm. Yeah. You know, the idea of stress being amplified this year, especially it it makes it brings me back to a theory that I have. the The least stressed person that I know is my son Adrian. He's twenty two and he has autism, and he just doesn't care about all the stuff we care about. And so I think you know more than anything else, human evolution has landed in this spot, covered with social media tweets and bullying yeah. and all these terrible things. It just seems like people are worried more about. Everything. I mean, why? how did you describe to someone who's living in a world 30 years ago that people are on the brink of suicide because of something they read on their phone? I mean, how? But yet it happens. And I'm almost done with my speech here. Don't worry, guys. Uh, there's a point. Uh, if you saw the, the show True Detective, the, the first season, which was the best season, the character played by Matthew McConaughey is a, is a nihilist and... I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I think it means nothing matters and I don't care about anything. And he says, one of the more memorable moments of the show, he says, you know, I believe self... No, how's it go? Let me get it right. I believe self-awareness is a flaw in human evolution. We should do the noble thing and just march into extinction. But what he was saying is we're too self-aware of everything. So that was a really long way of running up to this question, which I'll pose to you, David. Like, where do you start? Or can you give our listeners sort of a couple of nuggets that they might get in one of your training sessions to start to unpack the, the mess and the stress that might be your life? Well, it's interesting, David, because when you say that, that setup as far as the world that we live in today, yeah. um, our services weren't needed 30 or 50 years ago, and they're not needed in third world countries, right? So stress is a, a little bit of a, luxury, if you will, if I can say that, in that some of this is just made up. And we use the saber-toothed tiger analogy all the time. So we're in fight or flight constantly about things that truly don't matter. So when Paul, I remember the night in October when Paul came up with the, it's all about asking what matters. And I was like, the simplicity is the beauty of this. And our work is not rocket science, but it's, we call it a gentle reminder to ask yourself, what matters in your life. And when you ask yourself what matters, you suddenly realize how much doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And then you focus on the things. I mean, think about Allison. You know Allison, David. Yes. Um, she's a beautiful person. Working with someone uh, like She's Allison, okay. I mean, she's all right. 
No, I would agree. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah, makes your whole day better. That's true. I would agree. She's one of those people. She's one of those people. Yeah. So what matters is doing great work with someone we care about. And the legal community specifically has done a ton of research. They're the only professional industry that we know of that has done as much research about the fact that they're going down in flames and they're actually starting to focus on it. And it starts with the simple question of what matters. Right. How about you, Paul? Can you piggyback on those thoughts? Absolutely. So the average human being has 60,000 thoughts a day. That's 60,000. 70% of those thoughts are negative. And that's because of our, our genetic wiring from fight or flight. So in our workshops, what we do is we give antidotes to, oh my gosh, if 70% of my thoughts are negative, what do I do? So things like easy things. Every day, write down three things that you're grateful for. Every day, do an act of kindness for yourself. Do an act of kindness for others. It sounds so simple, but all of our stuff is from positive psychology, which the behavioral science says, if you do these things, that kindness is the fountain of youth. That was one of the studies that we found. Really simple stuff, but not necessarily easy because we're so busy. Mm, Yeah. You know, the, the researchers at the hospital where the president just was, they were trying to count up his thoughts to see how close he got to 60,000 a day. Um, and he's almost in double digits, almost at 10. So not everybody, 60,000 is the average. So some people bring it down, some people bring it up. But, <laughs> but when you say that, it's, but, but uh, kidding aside, or at least some kidding aside, that, that is, it's a frightening thought to think that we have 60,000 thoughts a day and that most of them are negative, but I believe it. But wait a minute, 60,000 thoughts? Like, in other words, I guess that's true, right? Because in a given minute, your your mind could go from in, in like so many different directions. That's frightening. I need a minute. I, I need to put pause. I, I'm, I'm, I'm already over my 60,000 limit for the day, I think. And my, my... As we said, David, it's an average. And you yeah. know what's interesting is the British philosopher Alan Watts um, was big in the sort of 50s, 60s. And he basically predicted this bigger treadmill that we're on. And we basically, Americans specifically, live to work versus work to live. And we get on this bigger treadmill and then we teach our kids to do the same thing. You know, you have to go to the best school to get the best job, even if you're miserable. So, um, you know, it's just, it's a societal thing. And what we're seeing because of COVID People are really asking themselves the big questions. That's why rural communities are bustling now because people are realizing, hey, slowing down isn't a bad thing. And it doesn't mean you have to ditch it. Mm -hmm. Um, You also, David, you asked the question, you know, simple tools. One of our tools, we call it reach out recess, Mm -hmm. that loneliness is, has been shown to be as lethal to a human being as smoking. Mm. And if within the course of our day-to-day you know, we, we live in, you know, the modern the modern world. It's nuts. You go to the store, there are 10 types of liquid tide. There are 12 types of crest. We're overwhelmed. So when you look at what brings a human being grounded and centered, simple connection. Reach out once a day. Call somebody. Hi, doesn't have to be a 10-minute conversation thinking about you. Love you. Thanks. Click. Yeah. Huge. It's that easy. Yep. Yeah, what I implore people is use social media, but 
you know, stay on the good side and not the dark side and, yeah. and don't, and use it for something good. Don't use it for, mm-hmm. bo- don't use it for negative stuff. And also don't use it for box checking, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine. So earlier this week, I celebrated a birthday. Celebrate, I, I use the term loosely. It kind of came and went. But anyway, as, as will happen on Facebook, about a, 170 people on my timeline wish me happy birthday. That's great. 170 people. It's like, like about 157 of them said two words, happy birthday. It's like, all right, come on. But however, the 12 or so that said something immediately sparked me to, to at least converse with them and that gave me a happy thought so it doesn't take much right D- david do you have some other tricks like that reach out recess is my favorite tool um but it's yeah it's simple things one of our other practices is reach in it's find the tools that work for you so every morning before i got out of bed i called my dog uh, brando he's a, a schnauzer rescue and he stands on my chest and he does his little stretches to wake up it's not even 10 seconds and it gives me a boost of oxytocin, the love drug. And it's a perfect way to start my day. So it's simple little things to feed your, your soul, your energy, and then your body you know, that, drinking water instead of a Red Bull, simple things. Yeah. But I like Red Bull. No, 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 no. <laughs> no you're right. You're right. You're right. I remember the first, the first time I went on a diet, I cut out Coke, uh, yeah. Not, but it not, changed your world. Well, not soda, of course. I'm talking about cocaine. It, it, and there was a drop-off in my energy right away. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I cut out soda, and that was like the easiest. It turns out to be an easy thing to do. So you're right. Simple, easy things make a difference. Now, you said your dog's name was Brandon. That's that's perilously close to the name of the dog in the TV show Punky Brewster. I want to make sure that it wasn't inspired by that. Was it just Brando like Marlon. Like Marlon Brando. Well, as it will happen in the show Punky Brewster, this is the kind of information you get on the Boston podcast. <laughs> Punky named her dog Brandon, and when asked why, she said, I named it after the guy who played Superman's father in the Superman movie, Marlo Brandon. And so you see, it's, we were very close there. Uh-huh. She, she got the name wrong, but the dog's name was Brandon. So Allison, tell, t- Allison, did you do this reach out recess thing? What was it like? I did. I probably did it now a year ago in October, actually. And one of my favorite takeaways was a the reach out recess. And I was thinking here, like you see me nodding my head when they're talking because something I adopted after taking that is or being a part of their workshop is now every day I have like a cycle of probably 10 individuals that every day I make sure one of them gets like a good morning, make it a great day um, and a thoughtful, deeper text than just a, hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. So I've incorporated that for the last year and I'll tell you five of those are friends and I don't know if we've ever been closer especially during the pandemic, really good, solid relationships where once it got to the pandemic and maybe they start losing connection with some of their other friends and family, it was just so nice that that was built there. That wasn't something I was doing before. Also just feeling confident in like self boundaries, because I knew that for me, I was asking myself what mattered. And sometimes it's scary. I know I feel like I bring this up every time we chat, like being and balancing as a young professional and not kind of falling into that trap of letting it take over everything and be my everything. And so that's been so helpful this past year, um, taking away that reach out recess and just being confident and 
know I need this time for myself, or I know I need to do X, Y, and Z, um, and feeling good about it. Yeah. So I'm glad you're a convert and I'm glad you did the, the, the recess and everything, but it's just really invigorating to me to hear these like little things that you do to kind of turn, kind of turn your day around and who knows, maybe it'll even turn your, your year around. So guys, there, there's a book and you didn't tell me about it until this point in the show. Did you guys co-author this book? Yes, yeah. we did. Okay, David. We, we did. We were married at the time. You were married when you wrote it. Oh, my God. It has a, nothing to do with the divorce. It's a living, breathing remnant of your of your marriage. No, so the book is... Uh, can you guys please pitch your book, Paul? Tell, tell me right. what it's called and where people can find it. Uh, all right. So it's Ask What Matters, A Practical Approach to Your Total Well-Being. Okay. It's very, it has five practices and five mindsets with tools and case studies and things that you can put into practice every day to improve your well-being. I take it people can find it on Amazon Books or wherever on Amazon, fine, yes. on wherever the fine books are sold. All right, Ask What Matters, the book. I'm, I want one. If you guys can autograph one, I'd appreciate it. Uh, the, you're gonna have to send. You're actually gonna have to send me two because you're in different places now and COVID and all that. I don't care as long as I get the book. Ask <laughs> what matters. The book. Check it out. Amazon books. So again, it's askwhatmatters.com. And if you don't know what matters, and you probably don't at this point, now's a good time to look up the boys at askwhatmatters.com and see how they can help you, your company, etc. In a moment, we're gonna play a round of good stuff. This is the perfect group to do the good stuff with because. We're talking about good stuff. We could all use something good. So each of our panelists here will recommend something for you to do today or in the future or something, something to read or look or eat or whatever that'll make you happier. That's coming up in just one moment. Before we do that, let me take a break to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast, pod617.com. I should say the Boston Podcast Network. It's nice to know the name of your own company when you're trying to do a live read. What we do is produce podcasts right here out of our Westwood Mass Studios or remotely. In fact, we were doing that pre pandemic pandemic and we continue to do it we send you out a quality usb microphone and off you go we produce the whole thing start to finish and go to pod617.com to get started the boston podcast network in pod we trust all right let's play a round of good stuff oh that's the good stuff Allison knows that from past appearances on the show, you're supposed to dance during the good stuff theme song. And there we go. Now David's getting into it, Paul. I'm afraid you're fired. No, that's okay. That's okay. That's you got a smile out of me. Well, okay. That's not bad. Your, your penalty is you have to go first. Give us, give the listening audience something that might brighten their day, some bit of good stuff. Well, I have to say I'm a little bit behind the times, but I've discovered Downton Abbey. And Ooh. I am hooked. Really? So that's a, that's a good suggestion for me because it's one of the few. I think it might be the last show I haven't seen because because um, I watched. This is not like apples to apples, but it's British to British. I watched The Crown, which um, and if you watch some of these BBC shows, there are a couple of crime shows that name are escaping me, but. They have a nice, different, sort of classier touch and feel than American TV. Now, I don't even know if Downton Abbey is produced in, probably in the UK. But anyway, what, what do you like about it? I love the fact that it's all about relationships. And that's the business that I'm in. There you and go. it's yep. just the, the quality of the relationships and the stories. Okay, cool. And that's all you need half the time. I might be taking up Downton Abbey. I need, I need something to binge. I just finished The Walking Dead. And that hasn't, I mean, I don't want to say it hasn't held up because it's actually a great story and you don't have to like zombies that I don't, but it, does anybody watch uh, Walking Dead? 
raise show of hands nobody so i'll just tell you that the the it's about zombies you know this but there's a certain way you have to go about killing the zombie if you get too close to the zombie the zombie's going to bite you it feels a lot like 2020 staying away from everyone and and getting ready to die no that's that's really dark i didn't mean that people. i didn't mean that people let's continue on with good stuff uh how about you david what do you got um as far as a recommendation, I would say Shit's Creek. I just love that TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I'd encourage people to do is practice reach out recess specifically to a senior. I called up my mother passed away six years ago. I called up a old, a dear friend of hers. And I said, tell me a story about my mother that I've never heard. Oh, I like it. And it made her day and it made my day. It was just beautiful. I mean, she got to reminisce about great times and I learned something new about my mother. So Reach out for a senior. That's what I say. I love it. One thing I took up is I found this app on, uh, I don't know if it was on my phone or on the computer. It doesn't matter. It's like the Apple version of Family Tree. It's the Family Tree app. So mm. you can you pay a small reasonable fee, and, you, and the app is very robust, and you just plug in the, your Family Tree. And so I started doing this with my cousin, and it was really cool because, you know, and, and reaching out to an elder is – Something we, we, the, the irony of life is by the time you care about like your, the people that are older than you, you're, you're a little, you're kind of old yourself. And so like, like I wish my grandparents were still around. So they didn't just give me a pat on the head and me walk away with the Tootsie roll. I, you know, I should have asked them more. And so, yeah, ask your seniors, tell them, tell them stories. And, and, or in, in your case, David, as you suggested, just ask a, a story about maybe someone who's departed. Allison, your turn. So I'm going to go a little different direction. I am still kind of um, skating on the vacation I just took. It's still making me happy every day thinking about it. We took a 14-day road trip. So my You actually stuff, went on a real vacation. Yeah, and, but it was nice. We were in national forests, doing waterfalls and nature, and we could avoid everybody which was amazing mm-hmm. um so that's like my good stuff i am going to encourage people to get out and take a little weekend road trip feel the fresh fall autumn crisp air be safe stay away from people but get outside we slept in the back of an suv that we rented many of the nights classy and it was invigorating that's- it was so nice just to let go and be grungy and one with nature mm-hmm I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think this force time forces you to get creative. Like we can't do, we can't do these 10 things, but we can still do these three things. Let's let's do it. So I will make a recommendation for my suggestion for good stuff will be a film. Uh, It's a documentary film. It's on Netflix. I chose it specifically for you guys because it's kind of sort of related to what we're talking about. The documentary is called minimalism. The actual documentary is about these two dudes. I think they wrote a book about minimalism, and it takes you through what their lives are like when after they decided to get down to literally like five shirts, five pairs of underwear, like it, and just get rid of all the stuff. The irony now is some people joke that these guys wish they had more stuff now because they're around their apartment with nothing to do. <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless um, the, it's, it's very interesting to hear how they go about it. It did inspire me to, to try to get rid of some stuff, and then I probably got lazy and stopped doing it. But, 
but that is kind of the spirit of what you guys are about, right? Yeah, Paul, I Paul, like it. Yeah, we're going to check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul, does that did it did it speak to you? Well, you? It absolutely did because one of the things that we talk about in our workshops is people are on choice overload. So we talked mm-hmm. about the 60,000 thoughts I said earlier. There are like 10 types of liquid tide out there. We're <laughs> on oh, we're we're so just the li- so minimalism actually is good for your well-being. Yep. And and get down to what matters and and do mm-hmm. do more of that, right? Yeah. You, never mind twelve different brands of ty- types of Tide. How about the five dozen flavors of Oreos? I can't figure those out. I spend I, I just sit there staring in the aisles. Anyway, um, once again, you can learn more about Ask What Matters at askwhatmatters.com. And a reminder to the lawyers out there: it's uh, start training, get your sneakers on, go out for a run. It's still not that cold. Because the Lawyers Have Heart Road Race will be coming around next year, lhhboston.org. Do you guys have fun? We had a great time. Yeah, I'm going to go watch the zombie thing. (laughs) The zombie thing is fun, too. And knowing David, he's not going to sleep tonight because of that. Yeah, make sure. You, yeah, you need to destroy their brains. If you if you just aim for other body parts, it doesn't work. Trust me. I I, I assume it's. Uh, I assume The Walking Dead is based on a true story. I believe everything I see. Just kidding. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, I hope this has improved your day a little bit and your mood a little bit. It did for me. If you like this show, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you want your own podcast, go to Pod Six One Seven. Dot com. Get out there. Don't buy Tide. Don't eat Oreos. Go get some fresh air. Enjoy yourself. Ask what matters, kids. See ya.